Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
told you he was hiding things, you fucking gullible idiot. And I'm telling you, he's hiding more. What would you have me do, huh? I know you want me to kill him, but at the same time, he did just save our asses. And it's not the first time. I wonder if you really did care for those two dead weights you call the wife and daughter. It seems the life of one annoying self-inflated windbag is more important than ridding the world of the thing that took your family. Maybe you didn't love them after all. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're not as fucking capable as you make out to be. If you're so powerful, why don't you kill Moffat yourself? In fact, why don't you kill the whole lot of them and go live out whatever hellish wet dream something as abhorrent as you might have? Oh, little Wesley, if only the world were so simple. Have you ever wondered why I'm inside you? Hmm? Why I'm stored away in the primitive neural tangles of a simian like yourself? If such blatant displays of power were without consequence, I would surely and gleefully tear your little party of flesh bags apart. But even I'm not afforded such luxuries. So sometimes I need a workaround. But go ahead and press me, Wesley, and I'll show your friends what agony truly is. So you're saying you chose to be inside of me? <laughs> I call bullshit. You forget I saw some of your memories. You were held against your will by some group of cultists or mysticists or whatever the fuck they were. You didn't seem all too happy to be stuck in whoever the fuck that was you were inside. Indeed, you did see that. And so did they. In fact, they saw exactly what I wanted them to see. You truly think I didn't see them coming? It took a rampage and a pile of bodies to get their attention. Use that deductive little brain of yours. What's more likely, Wesley, that an eon's old entity just happened to get caught by a group of fumbling cabalists? Or that the ancient being wanted to be caught for purposes said cabalists were unaware of? Hmm? Again, you demonstrate the mental limits of your species. There was a pause as Wesley contemplated the thing's words. The thing you were talking to in my dream. You, you wanted to cut the ties that bind due to some ancient covenant, it said. You're... You're... You're hiding from something. You're hiding from something, aren't you? Make whatever assumptions you need to. Just remember what I said. Push me, and I will kill them. Gross displays of power be damned. Wesley could feel the voice recede back into the deeper portions of his mind. That little forbidden black box science has yet to open, or at least the sciences he knew of. But, for once, the conversation was enlightening. He had found something out about the voice, something it was reticent to admit. What else was said in that terrible phantasm? Something about how the Night Father does enjoy his petty victories. What the hell that meant was beyond him, but it didn't sound good. So what else was the voice hiding? And how could he pry it from it? A large explosion rushed Wesley back to the external world, where two forces of indescribable power duked it out for reasons too ancient for Wesley to fathom. The air was filled with the music of cataclysm and death, its notes cacophonous warnings to all who could hear them. He had no idea who was winning, he was too afraid to look back, frightened that the emergence of two such forces would compel a scream from his already tightened throat. The group was almost to the mouth of the cave. A yawning hollow of nothingness with the potential to hold anything. 
That's what darkness was. Just potential. A bleak warren for the unknown and inscrutable. Wesley didn't want to think about the horrors that giant cave concealed in its depths. What eldritch things found solace in such black surroundings? No, right now, it was a bastion from the terrible creatures behind them. A place where the darkness protected instead of punished. But soon enough, their bulwark could become a burial site, where their bodies could lay mangled and bloodied from whatever terrors resided in that rocky black hole. As the disheveled group reached the lip of the cave, they each searched their backpacks for their respective flashlights, except for Moffat, who used his lantern. Well, this is it, folks. Out of the frying pan and into the fire. Come now, Salvatore. There might be wondrous things awaiting us in those caverns. Who knows? Apparently, you. You knew those fucking things were going to come, didn't you? The freaks with all the sores and oozing wounds. You knew. Sal's right. Why bring us there if you knew we would be attacked? I suppose that's a fair question, given your limited vantage point. The answer is, I brought us to that location because I knew they would be there. What? Why the hell would you do that? Put our lives in fucking danger. Because, Dr. Morgan, our lives were already in danger. You just didn't know it. Unbeknownst to all of you, the Bard had followed us since we left the encampment. He was about a week behind us, but he was catching up. Then, once we picked up our friend Salvatore here, this Lunok began to give chase. At some point, I don't know when, the two joined one another in their pursuit. By the time we escaped Misereth, they were only a couple days behind. At that point, it was inevitable they would catch up. But, of course, I already had a plan. You see, I needed to derail them from our course, so I led them to a place where they were in as much danger as us. More so, in fact. I knew the ruins were home to their enemies and that, upon their arrival, they would have bigger fish to fry, so to speak. The outcome was only positive. Either they would perish in their fight with the Arathim's minions, or they would prevail but lose us amid the skirmish. A win-win, you see? The group was silent. There was collective anger, but also a palpable appreciation for Moffat's shrewd calculus. He did, indeed, do as the voice had predicted. He had used them like chess pieces on a board. However, his manipulations, as underhanded as they were, seemed well-intentioned. Wesley didn't know how to feel, and by the looks on everyone else's faces, neither did they. But why not tell us, Cyrus? Surely you could have found a solution together, one not so risky. That's exactly why I couldn't tell you. You would have wanted to run and find somewhere safe, but it was inevitable they would find us. No, we needed something oppositional, something to stand in their way, but that required risk, which I knew you wouldn't be willing to take. So you manipulated us into a situation you knew we wouldn't be comfortable with, is that it? Yes, I believe discomfort is better than dead, don't you agree? Another silence took over the group. Then, without word, Riva sighed, turned on his flashlight, and entered the cave's gaping mouth. The rest followed suit, Moffat shrugging and taking up the back. The group's footfalls echoed off the many rock faces of the cave. Stalactites and stalagmites rose and descended like giant stone teeth. 
Wesley wondered if, at any moment, the massive jaws of the cave would shut, crush them into pieces, and feed the digestive system of some earthborn monster. Instead, the place remained still and stoic, voicing only a slight wind and the sound of water trickling down craggy rock walls. Massive blooms of black and red gemstones jutted from the cave walls and floor, their polished aesthetic a welcome departure from the monotonous expanse of stone. Occasionally, Wesley would detect movement on the ceiling, but it was so dark he couldn't make out anything, just ambiguous shapes informing his mind's worst conjurations. Then, slowly, they started to see signs of civilization, or at least remnants of one. Stone pylons rose from the blackened depths and connected to the ceiling. Archways and tunnels were chiseled into the walls. Strange and human statues were carved from the jutting stalagmites, alien-looking things with fanged, yawning mouths and centipede-like bodies. Christ! Look at those things! What fucked-up kind of evolution created that? Looks like a bat fucked some giant bug, and that's what got shit out. Your vivid descriptions never cease to amaze me, Salvatore. People say I have a way with words. That you certainly do. Coming from a bookworm such as yourself, I'll take that as a compliment. As it was intended. As the troop of men continued to descend the depths of the Mammoth Cave, the archways and tunnels once occupied by the deepest blackness began to light up with multiple glowing orbs. Suddenly, they could hear the chatter of scuttling legs resounding off the cavern walls. Wesley could hear movement above him, the horrible sound of large things skittering across the rock. He turned his flashlight upward, but only saw the tail end of something massive crawling into a large hole, its rear looking like that of a giant earwig. He flashed his light in the other hollows and doorways, revealing a wake of dust and stone from something quickly departing. It seems we're not alone. Stay steady. They only seem curious at this point. Wesley could see that Rivet's head was on a swivel his hand resting on his mask, ready to pull it off at a moment's notice. Salvatore was on edge, pointing his gun toward every sound he heard. Vorn was stolid as usual, and Moffat was, well, Moffat. Continuing to walk, strange bioluminescent flora became visible, things whose overly large petals glowed sapphire, black pulsating veins crisscrossing them and crawling into the cracks between the rock they seemed born from. They were massive, some the size of small houses. While quite beautiful, Wesley was reminded of aposematic organisms, animals and plants that signaled their noxiousness through the display of bright colors. He wondered if that rule applied here, in a place where everything seemed lethal. He saw Salvatore go near one of the things, seemingly lured by its effulgent charm. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't do that if I were you, Sal. We have no idea if those things are poisonous. Uh, Yeah, yeah, of course, you're right. Fucking place is filled with all sorts of weird shit. Wesley and the other men continued down the craggy lanes of the alien grotto, bizarre structures greeting them as they went. They continued to hear the chitinous titter of large things crawling about the rocky terrain. Wesley pictured massive centipedes coiled around stalactites, draping their bodies down just enough to grab one of them. Before the darkness, this place would be a biologist's dream, the things they could learn from such creatures. But now, it was a nightmare, as it was more than likely that these entities' origins were far from natural. It wasn't until they were met with a split in the path, where two black maws opened up before them, that they had to make another decision. Well, gentlemen, will it be door number one or door number two? 
Muffet, since you seem to have all the answers, might you want to chime in? I have no preference, to be honest. Either way leads to uncertainty. Yeah, you say that now. Three weeks down the road, you'll feed us the I couldn't influence their decision rigmarole. Look, guys, it's like choosing between two assholes. They're both guaranteed to be shitty. I say we just eeny, meeny, miny, moe it and move on. Wesley sighed at Salvatore's crude analogy, but couldn't help but agree. Both choices were horrible. All right, uh, let's go left then. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you know, left left is associated with the devil and black magic. I, I say we go right. Really, Sal? You buy into that stuff? Gee, I don't know, Wes. Uh, do you remember a couple hours ago when two supernatural forces went toe-to-toe in a place once ruled by things whose faces were so horrible it could drive you mad? Eh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. The men turned their flashlights toward the abyss on the right and continued their journey forward. To their slight satisfaction, there were no significant surprises ahead. Strange creatures still seemed to follow them under cover of darkness. Glowing fauna punctuated the rocky landscape, and more peculiar architecture from a bygone age continued to evolve as they went. Finally, after hours of walking, Riva turned and signed to Vorin. Riva says it's time we set up camp. Doesn't seem like we're going to be getting through this place in one hole. Best we try to get some rest. Jesus, I don't know how I'm gonna get any sleep with all these fucking creepy crawlies all around. We'll simply have to make do. For what had almost become protocol, the embattled group set up a campfire, which occasionally cast the shadows of alien things crawling across the craggy body of the cave. Once they began to retire to bed, Salvatore volunteered for the first watch, given that he couldn't sleep under the circumstances. As such, he maintained the fire while the others went into their tents, a death grip on his assault rifle, and eyes peeled for anything suspicious. Leslie jolted awake, Salvatore's screams bouncing off the cavern walls. He scrambled from his tent and shined his flashlight toward Salvatore's voice. Due to the commotion, he could only capture quicksilver glances of what was happening. However, he eventually honed in on the source of the pandemonium. What he saw was a waking nightmare. A moist strip of flesh resembling a barbed tongue attached to Salvatore's ankle. Following that was a visage of incalculable horror. Its face bore some of the features of a bat. It was leaf-nosed and had overly large ears. Its mouth, however, was a vertical chasm of needle-like teeth that seemed to spiral down an unending gullet. Its eyes bulged large and were cloudy and white, blind. Its body was that of a giant centipede, an elongated and spiked exoskeleton writhing with the movement of its hundreds of tugging legs. The whole thing had to be 20 to 30 feet long. The gunfire continued doing little to dissuade the creature from its current prey. Ah, Jesus fucking Christ! Somebody do something! This gun ain't doing shit! Fuck! Ah! Riva came storming out of his tent, his mask off, his mouth pouring acidic foulness onto the ground. However, the chaos and lack of stable light made it difficult for him to see, causing him to hesitate. God damn it! I can't get a bead on it without running the risk of it. Salvatore. Jesus Christ, someone do something! It's dragging him away! Fuck! Fuck! Okay, okay, I'm sorry I said you look like a bad fucked up bug! I take it back! 
I take it back! Riva, goddammit, melt or blow up this ugly motherfucker! Ah, fuck! Just as Riva was about to utter his infernal maledictions, the situation suddenly took a strange turn. As the creature was working to drag Salvatore into a crack in the wall, it wandered past one of the massive iridescent flora. Its petals parted as if it were blossoming, and thick ivy-like tentacles slithered out with lightning speed. They wrapped around the bulk of the insect monstrosity and began to pull it toward the plant's center. As the predator now turned prey tried to wriggle free, a behemoth mouth emerged from the fauna's center, its jaws filled with thorn-like teeth and dripping with a clear, sebaceous fluid. Its maw clamped around the centipede-like creature's body, and the crunch of its shell and soft insides joined Salvatore's screams echoing off the walls. Still, Salvatore's attacker refused to let go. You gotta be fucking kidding me! I'm gonna get eaten twice! Riva, holy fuck, do something! The face of the first monster started to burst open its eyes exploding in gouts of burning blood. At the same time, its exoskeleton started to collapse inward, and its innards began to pour out its strange mouth. Consequently, its barbed tongue retracted, letting a hysterical Salvatore go. He sprinted to the group, his breathing rapid, his voice hoarse. The group stood awestruck as the carnivorous plant continued pulling the creature into its massive mouth and deep into its petaled folds. Once the thing had finally disappeared into the flesh-eating fauna, its petals resumed their place, and its tentacles receded somewhere back within its body. Quiet took over the space, disbelief and trauma freezing everyone's vocal cords. Finally, Wesley broke the silence. You, you, you okay, Sal? Do I, do I look fucking okay? I just, I just almost got eaten by a centipede monster with a face that looked like a crotch. Jesus, fuck! I think Freud might have something to say about your description. Yeah? Well, he can talk when a fucking hungry Oedipus complex tries to eat him. Salvatore ripped the zipper of his tent open and went inside. Where are you going? What do you think? I gotta change my pants. Pissed all over myself. Wesley snickered a bit, despite the horror of the situation. Vorn followed suit, then Moffat. <laughs> Laugh it up, you fucks. You assholes can take the next watch. I'm gonna sit in here and dry off. Wait till you fuckers get eaten by something. The four remaining men built a new fire and sat around it, scanning the blackness with renewed vigilance. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. 
For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at maltopia.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 